0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Sex Rep. You're here today with Spring and with Andrew answering your questions about sex, sexual health, love, romance, relationships. We'll talk about pretty much anything. How are you doing today, Spring?
1: I've had a pretty stressful week.
0: (laughs) How about you? I mean, it has been really stressful, and I'm sure it's really stressful for our listeners. On top of COVID and the epidemic and political unrest and uprisings, we've had multiple mass shootings going on. Um, and, And I mean, I... I don't know how much more stress I can, can take on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it made me think about um, the Paul shooting. Um, so Spring was here with her uh, friend Tanya at the time.
1: It was my girlfriend. You can say girlfriend. Girl, ex-girlfriend
0: <laughs> Tanya. Um, and we were at a gay club the night before, uh, dancing and doing our thing. And then, and Spring loves to dance. Like, if you get a chance to go dancing with Spring, like, take... Just do it. It is a a wild, fun (laughs) time. Um, And the next morning, we had a drag brunch at another gay club. And during this time, there is the shooting in Orlando. So we're only a couple hours away at gay clubs, like doing, you know, like dancy fun things. Um, If Spring and Tanya wouldn't have been in town, I was actually going to be in Orlando. And I was in Orlando the next day. And I probably would have been out at a gay club in Orlando. I don't know. It just, it felt so close and it felt so real And they keep happening. And and I don't think most people realize that, you know, they're one decision of a friend away from one of these events.
1: Yeah. The one in Boulder last week happened at the grocery store right by my sister's house. And um, she and her family were out camping. And so they weren't actually in town. But I didn't know that. We didn't know where they were. We hadn't heard from them. And it was so scary waiting to hear from them and waiting, um, for a couple of days actually till we could confirm that they were safe. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that really, really scared me. Um, as, and it reminded me of that time when we, um, were together and that pulse shooting happened. And I think, you know, it's actually very shocking to look at the numbers. I I had assumed that um, shootings had gone down during the pandemic um, in the U.S. because people had been staying at home. Uh, but that's not true. We looked at the data and um, there were almost 20,000 um, deaths by shootings in the U.S. in 2020, which is significantly higher than the past years before that.
0: I, I mean, I think it's that compounding stress. Like people... Need to find better ways to talk and communicate and find intimacy and people resort to violence and guns and then people make excuses for it You hear so and so had a bad day, I have a bad day and I might cry into a pillow. Like, I, I just think we need to stop making excuses surrounding gun violence and do something do something to really curb it. And um, I mean, you know, we've talked before. Spring used to live in Australia. She's a dual citizen. Um, Australia had a mass shooting and they did something about it. And they've essentially had almost no mass shootings since. And in the United States, it doesn't matter what your background or your political party is or where you stand. We know that the vast majority of people in the United States want something to be done to curb it, really reasonable things to be done, whether it's background checks or, you know, Putting a waiting, like putting a three-day wait time on purchasing of a firearm, whatever it is, there are lots of options out there, um, and and we want to have that conversation with all of you too. This is not directly related to most of the questions that we get, but we do know that women are very likely to die from gun violence, in um, and, and you know there are a lot of things that we would like to be like to have done. To prevent it,
1: and we've talked before about this idea of hate-driven violence, and that is that is strongly applicable here because most shootings are driven by hate, and we say that hate-driven violence is a public health problem, and you know this uh, is affects all of us. Like when we're talking about measures of public health, measures of public health are to protect the public. And we do really need to see some policy changes so that we can have a safer society for us to grow up and exist in.
0: I mean, we, we say all the time, we want you to have happy, healthy, fun sex lives, right? Like the whole point of this the show and why Spring and, our talk it, Spring and I talk with you every week is like, if you're going to engage in sex, we want you to have really good, happy, healthy, fun sex. Um, but for that to be true, we want you to also have, you know, safe to the grocery store, safe to the King Super, safe to Pulse nightclub, safe to all of these other spaces. And th- and the thing is, in the United States, there averages more than one mass shooting every day. So Spring and I, at the beginning of every single one of our episodes, could talk about like the seven to fifteen mass shootings in the United States. And we're not going to do that, right? We're not going to focus on that all the time. But we do want you to know that we're here. Um, we know that you are probably stressed and you want to do something about it. Um, and Spring had a suggestion um, of something that you can do, um, a resource that you can use if you're feeling upset about it. So what what did you want to talk about, Spring?
1: I want to talk about the Every Town organization. They're an organization that if you are feeling stressed about this and you feel like you want to donate some time or money, um, definitely look them up. They're a great place. Uh, they're doing some action in this area. And And yeah, I mean, I think just like all the other things we talk about on this show, have these conversations with your friends, your family. I think we need to talk more about how we can solve this problem in the United States.
0: So, uh, and, and like I said, we'd love to talk with you more about it. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again in the future. Um, but, uh, I don't want you to feel alone. Spring and I don't want you to feel alone. We don't want you to feel powerless, right? So connect with other people, uh, look up every town and see if it's something that you're interested in doing. Yeah. All right. So today, uh, our question comes from a listener, um, and it's about anti-gay hate. So the, the direct question from them is why is there so much anti-gay hate?
1: Uh, And I mean, it's just, it really, it really keeps pulling me back to that, to that Pulse nightclub shooting. I mean, why is there so much anti-gay hate? I mean, I feel like I have no idea what the answer to that question is. Right. Like I hear that question and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why there's so much hate in our world at all. I have no idea where all of this hate really comes from. I mean, it's, um, it's something that we definitely have to keep talking about, but why, why is there so much Anti-gay hate. I mean, we know that people are afraid of things that are different from themselves. We know that people are afraid of things that they don't understand or don't have experience directly with. And so a lot of times that means um, in P- in areas of the U.S. or other places in the world where people aren't able to be as out, or if there aren't as many people um, actively talking about their sexuality, then people aren't going to have as much exposure to it. And those places are likely to have more anti-gay hate in them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um- But I mean, I think if we look at anti-gay hate, like we can look at all those external sources. Um, The other parts of this question, I I mean, and like, so Spring did a really great job talking about like, you know, people are afraid of things that aren't like them. People are afraid of things that uh, like they've not experienced before. I mean, I'm kind of the opposite. Like I love <laughs> new experiences and and new places and new foods and different things, kind of a sensation seeker. But the other parts of this question, um, like, will I ever get over my own internalized homophobia? And then how do I stop and prevent homophobia? I mean, anti-gay hate is not always an external thing, right? Sometimes it's internal as well. But I think it is important for us to talk about like a lot of those external pressures. Um and I mean, I don't know. When we talk about anti gay hate, so much of it seems to come from um, various generational issues, or institutional issues, or religious issues, or representation issues. Um, and I think all of that's starting to change somewhat. Like I'm given more and more hope when I'm I'm talking with you know people in classrooms and. Uh, uh, millennials and gen X or I don't know what my generations are, <laughs> whatever, like it feels that younger people have a, a much better overall interaction and opinion. I mean, one thing that's always blown my mind is like, why do so many straight men hate gay people? Like if I was a straight man, right? Like, it's impossible to imagine, I know, but if...
1: I know, I can't, sorry, if you were a what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so if I happened to be a straight man and I was trying to date and if I was trying to have sex and if I was trying to find people, I would be like, please be gay. I wouldn't want all of the men around me to be gay because it would reduce overall competition in the dating pool. Also, there's a lot of women who prefer to hang out with gay men anyway, so I'm off topic.
1: Well, yeah, I'm like, wait, where are we going with this? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Anyway, um, what is homophobia, Spring? If we just had to distill and talk about what homophobia is, how would you define that?
1: Homophobia is an irrational fear of people who identify as gay. And so... The phobia part of that is this uh, fear, but we also, we call it an irrational fear because it is not grounded in science or fact. It does not make sense. So it is irrational. Yeah.
0: Um, The other parts of homophobia are, it can be the fear of being perceived as gay. So you won't engage in any kind of behavior you think that someone else would think it is gay. Often that's why men won't hug or men won't show emotion or men won't cry. Um, and then there's another part of homophobia, which is like self-directed. Um, there's a lot of people who have same sex desires, like like men that are turned on by other men or want to have sex with men, um, but they've learned over their lifetime to hate themselves. So sometimes homophobia is internally directed, right? So it's that kind of self-hate as well. Um, so it's all of these different sort of facets circulating around. Um, and I mean, I, I hope people listening to our podcast over the last four years I mean hopefully out of listening to these episodes like there's a little bit less self-hate for all the different aspects of human sexuality but I think self-hate with homo homophobia is is a lot harder because so many parts of our world are still constantly stigmatizing gay people.
1: Oh my god, stigma. <laughs> that word, I know. There's so much stigma. And yeah, so the stigma around being gay, the stigma around Um, I mean, so many aspects of, um, of being gay in America is specifically, I think um, that's really driving like the continuation of homophobia, right? So anytime there's a stigma and it's perpetuated, which means like we are encouraging that stigma in some way. And so if you, if you repeat something, if you say like, that's so gay, like that is, encouraging that stigma that is encouraging that there is something wrong with being gay. So anytime a stigma is perpetuated, anytime someone like says those things out loud again, even if it's just to one other person that is continuing it. And the more that that keeps continuing through society, the more and more the homophobia can stay alive.
0: And I think the really dangerous thing about stigma, especially for, for gay people, young gay people, and old gay people alike, is you internalize those kind of negative messages about yourself. Like if you're constantly hearing how gay people are awful or scary or how they don't deserve love or don't deserve rights, um, the previous administration tried to say like gay people can't serve in the military or like there's all of these policies in place. Uh, people internalize those messages, and by internalize those messages, you hear so many negative things, you start to believe them about yourself, and that's where some of that self hate comes from. It's from those external messages. I mean, it's the same way women internalize slut shaming, right? Um, We've talked about slut shaming a bunch of times in our show where like women, you know, are afraid to say that they love sex or that they want sex or to make a move for sex because they're afraid of being called a slut or they're afraid that they're going to enjoy it. Internalized, internalized homophobia is is pretty similar similar to that, and it can be really damaging. Um, if you hate yourself, right? If you're taught that you're not good enough, you're not going to do a lot of those basic protective behaviors, right? If you don't love yourself, if you don't love your body, if you don't feel you're good enough, if you're not pretty enough, you can listen to us talk about that on last week's episode. <laughs> um, you're much less likely to do things to keep yourself healthy. You're more likely to use drugs. You're less likely to use condoms. You're more likely to drink a whole lot of alcohol. Um, Because why would you bother protecting yourself, right? If you don't think you're worth it, if you don't think you're worthy, if you don't think that, you know, you have value. And
1: I want to talk just a little bit more about like some examples of internalized messages, because I think, um, I think it's really worth understanding this. So like when we're talking about internalized homophobia and people that like have this like self hate because of who they are. Um, I think like, let's talk a little bit more about other examples of this. So you can like really start to understand that because it can, it can sound like, oh, that's crazy. Why would they hate something about themselves that like they can't change? Or why would they hate something about themselves that they actually are proud of and like, and it is because of how strong culture's messages can be. And so um, it's like if you hear somebody say something so many times, it becomes what you think. Like, and there are so many messages in our society that are repeated over and over and over that we don't even realize that they're not our own thoughts anymore, right? And so you can think of like, um, say you think that uh, you're... Oh my God. I had a really good example and I totally lost it. <laughs> I was thinking about it while you were talking. So, so I like, I like this. Let's say maybe what do you use, but I also think that like, um, we can like take it to like even easier examples, like say like, uh, like makeup with women, right? Like, and we can go back to this like episode we talked about last week. So if you're thinking that, you know, like people look really beautiful, natural faces, like when you're young, that is like how you think because when you're young, you haven't even like seen your face with makeup and you see your friend's faces and everybody's face like looks beautiful. And then all of a sudden there's all of this messaging saying that like you have to have makeup on and you see images with all these people wearing makeup. And then that becomes like, oh, it has to be this way. And like you actually become, Conditioned, right? And it is a conditioning that is happening that's like being trained to think this way. And then you. And then that's how you think because you have been trained and you have like been just infiltrated with these messages. And so when we have this infiltration of culture, we have this infiltration of the messages around us, then that becomes internalized. So that's like this process of like, does this internalized word mean when we're talking about internalized homophobia? So it's like it has been conditioned by all of these messages over and over and over. And now- Now we have people who are gay and proud of being gay who have this internalized homophobia who hate themselves because of all of this messaging they have been conditioned to
0: believe. I mean, if all you have to do is look at, like, gay dating and there's all of this mask for mask uh, where, like gay men are only interested in masculine perceived gay men because being masculine makes you less gay. So people want to date gays who appear less gay because being feminine has been really demonized over time. I mean, we can look at history, right? Gay characters have been completely removed from history. There are tons of gay people in history. We never learned about any of them, right? Like, Like the only time in history we learn about someone who's gay is usually when it's in a negative context um instead of being in a positive context we have a lot of work to do but one of the good things now that there's the internet and that there's uh, support groups and that there's podcasts like this we can start battling some of that stigma and instead of being you know gay bad we can make gay good but we'll be right back uh, we have to take a short break and we're going to continue talking about anti-gay hate and homophobia Welcome back to the sex rep, everybody. Today, we're talking about anti-gay hate. And so far, we've been talking about internalized homophobia. And I think it's really important that we talk about what can we do to combat it. Like, what do we do? Um, So no matter how proud you are of your gayness, no matter how proud you are of your straightness or any other of your identities, the world has probably sent you some messages that you need to work on. So how do we combat it? Um, And I think the most important thing is to acknowledge it's there, yes. Right. Like if you're if you're a young gay person uh, or an old gay person or any gay person, um, (laughs) you have to say, like, yes, I have some of this. And then you also have to acknowledge that it's not your fault that it's there. Right. Your school told you it's that gay is bad. Uh, Your church told you that gay is bad. Your government told you that gay is bad. Family members probably told you that gay is bad. It takes a lot of work. To undo that kind of damage, right? But acknowledging that there, that it's sitting there. Like that little corrupter, that little saboteur in your head is there. Um
1: saboteur. Ooh.
0: Saboteur. Uh your internal saboteur. So <laughs> I'm gonna encourage everybody to put like a little stop gap in their brain. I don't know how what to what to call it, but like for me, whenever those negative thoughts or my inner saboteur starts creeping to the surface, I've learned to put like, <gasps> like a little gasp, like a little pause for a second. And then I reflect and say, like, where is this coming from? Why am I not feeling good enough? Why am I not feeling pretty enough? Why am I feeling too gay? Why am I feeling like I can't be myself in the situation? And most of the time, if I take that just, you know, a second to reflect on it, it's because somebody told me at some point in my life, whether it's television, media, news, family, church, religion, it doesn't matter what it is, like somewhere out there, tried to convince me that I wasn't good enough and that self-hate rears its head. But because I have that little teeny gap, you know, I address it, I reflect on it, and it gives me power over those sort of self-hate feelings that can come up. And
1: I mean, we have to like, keep challenging this, not only in ourselves though, like you're talking about how can we challenge it internally, but then we have to really challenge it externally. So it stops getting internalized, right? So the external place is where we need to like be vocal and we need to say something when we hear any of these little phrases come out that are homophobic. When you hear anybody say something, um, and, and the most hilarious homophobic, uh, the statement ever is no homo, right? Because no 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 homo is a super homophobic phrase. And so it is hilarious that they're saying no homo in a way. So when you hear something that is homophobic, when you hear something that is discrediting or demonizing or, just saying anything bad about any type of gay person or any any type of sexuality or sexual orientation or gender identity, like there needs to be a vocalization. There needs to be a, hey, that's not okay.
0: I mean, this gets back to our opening conversation. Like it, we, we've hit a point where there's so much ambient hate in society like just hate is now okay to happen publicly there's anti-asian hate and gay hate and women hate and black hate and there's so much hate everywhere i think i think we've hit a point where when hate happens we have to take the step to be uncomfortable and address it address it with friends address it with families address it in our classrooms address it in our churches like when hate comes out we need to to be the person. And now, no, don't put yourself in danger, right? Like if if you are in a situation where you're not safe, that is not the time for you to address hate. But if you're in a situation where the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to be a little uncomfortable, or maybe you'll lose a friend, that person probably wasn't someone who was an affirming friend for you anyway. Um, It takes a long time too, right? Like we're, we're talking about getting rid of internal hate. We're talking about getting rid of some of these external sources. It can take years or decades it can take your entire life really to undo that damage and start making the change but the cool thing is everybody can do it right so everybody has negative voices everybody has self-hate but we all have the ability to be supportive and light other people up in our lives um like if you're a religious person there are lots of churches that are affirming right like there's churches on the uh, where on the campus where i work that have rainbow flags outside saying like we love gay people too so if you are still religious and you have that belief and you feel like that needs to be a part of your life but the church you're going to is saying bad things about you um and i'm familiar with this i grew up really religious and i got all kinds of negative messages there are churches that will say that they love you too you should find friends that love and support you if you hang out with somebody who's no homoing or that so gang or using the f word on a daily basis you can you know, tell them to not let the door hit them on their way out after trying to help them and letting them know why what they're saying is demeaning and offensive and perpetuating hate in the world instead of love in this world. Um, Look for communities that are going to support you because there are affirming communities everywhere. Look for acceptance instead of hate. And when you see hate, call it out. I I feel like I've just gone on for a long, a long time. It's
1: okay. You said great things. (laughs) And, you know, so... Sometimes, um, when we're talking in this episode, it might sound like we're talking to people who identify as gay. And sometimes it might sound like we're talking to everyone else. And I, I want to be clear, you know, we are kind of like switching back and forth when we're talking about some of these things here. And, um, when we're talking about like standing up, when you hear these phrases, we are, we're we are talking about everyone, but we're really talking about the allies. We're really talking about people who don't identify as gay. It is so important that people who are um straight, straightish, straight, any other kind of ish things that you want to be in your life. It is really important that these people also are standing up and really actively saying this is not OK, because these people can have a very strong impact on other homophobic people. So it, it, it should come from everyone, but especially from these allies. We really need that, like, strong support in our society to really start to shift that uh, the tide of homophobia that still exists here.
0: Right. I mean, I think we can pretty easily say that, you know, sexual violence is a male problem, and we can say that racism is a white problem, and we can say that homophobia is a straight problem not attacking those groups, but saying, if we want to make progress, those are the groups that have to help us, because the minority can speak for itself, any minority group can speak, uh, you know, and and eloquently speak and work really hard, but without not tolerance, but of acceptance of majority groups, it's really hard to make progress. Um, I don't know, sometimes I sit at meetings and, and something homophobic will happen. And I'll call it out. And then people will say, well, you're just saying that because you're gay, like you're only offended because you're gay. And I'm like, no, I'm offended because what you said was hateful or what you said is based on a history of homophobic responses. Like it's not funny in ever, especially not funny at a work meeting. Um, And in those instances, what I always wish would happen would be a straight person at the table would come up and say the same thing because you can't attack a straight person for defending gay people like it's not a special interest to them. It's doing the right thing because they care about the world. And that same situation happens with people of color. The same situation happens with women, um, where sometimes um, the ally has the strongest voice at the table because they're not going to be attacked for being defensive or being a snowflake.
1: And they're they have a stronger sense of safety as well. So Andrew is saying like, speak up if you feel safe to do so, which you should always prioritize your safety. And the allies here, they actually have that privilege of being just safer because they're not part of that group. So that actually gives you more ability to have that conversation, to speak up, to say something.
0: Yeah, absolutely a couple other things that I think I need to get off my chest in this episode. <laughs> um, so, uh, I love talking to people about gay rights and gay history and gay issues, but it can also be exhausting. So if you are an ally out there or if you are a gay person and you don't know very much about gay history and gay rights, I encourage you to educate yourself on LGBT issues, LGBTQ, LB, LG. We did a whole alphabet episode. You can listen to that. If you want to know what all of those letters are, <laughs> um, because it can be really tiring and exhausting to be the person who's the the victim of discrimination and marginalization and then also constantly have to be the educator. It is so lovely when someone else can sort of take up the reins and, and guide that conversation when I'm too tired to do it. Um, and I think the other thing that really needs to happen is that You know, people in our lives need to show as much attention and love to to gay people and their relationships and their friendships as they do to straight people. There's a lot of double standards that we have where sometimes someone's afraid to ask. Like at the beginning of the episode, when I was talking about Tanya, I stumbled for a second and I'm like, oh, should I say girlfriend? Should I not say girlfriend? I know spring is out on the episode about being bisexual, but you know, in the two seconds of me thinking about the comment, my internalized homophobia caused me to stumble because oh should I out her oh she's out already do I want to say those words I mean like I said it's a work in progress you know it's my job professionally to talk about these kind of things and uh it's the love of my life to talk with spring and all of you to do the mm-hmm. talk uh, to have all these conversations and I still stumble because all of those neg- negative messages it takes a lot of work um to get through them all right I think I'm about done
1: thank you for stumbling thank you for protecting <laughs> me for looking at up
0: Oh, all right, everybody. <laughs> um, I, I think we kind of answered these questions pretty well. How do we combat so much anti-gay hate? The answer is if you are a human being and you care about it, you are how we combat anti-gay hate. It is a million small actions. It is larger actions in voting. It's calling out homophobia in all of the various arenas and places where we see it and not tolerating it, right? Like we, we can't be tolerant of hate in a tolerant world, right? So working really hard in our everyday life. Um, and I'm not saying like, you know, come up with, snacky, or snacky, with snappy taglines like check your privilege. Just saying like, you know, be informed about the world and say, you know, this candidate is saying that, you know, these people don't deserve basic rights and I disagree with it. Or it's not funny when you say no homo at the end of something. If you think Zach Efron has a hot body and you're a dude, you can say Zach Efron has a hot body. You don't need the no homo homo
1: <laughs> everyone thinks that Catherine has a hot body so it's obviously not homophobic to say that it's just a fact
0: <laughs> and facts are facts thanks for listening all right everybody um So if you have been experiencing some self-hate, if you feel like the world has not been a loving place, we are all in it together. So for homework this week and homework every single day, I want you to tell yourself that you're good enough, that you're pretty enough, and that the people who hate you, right? The people who are espousing hate in the world, they're doing it because they're afraid. They're doing it because they don't understand. They're doing it because they were taught to hate, right? Hate comes because we're taught how to do it. And that you are actually worth it, you are actually pretty enough, that you are actually loved. And all of that internalized homophobia, right, like it's there, it's going to rear its head. And that's okay because you know it's there, you know it came from outside. And now you have a couple things that you can do about it. You can stop, reflect, and it helps shed some of that hate over your life and makes the world a brighter, more loving place. I feel like I'm like a self-help infomercial right now. I need to say something not so... Namby-pamby.
1: Well, I was going to say as homework, why don't you share this episode? I mean, we don't actually, we don't actually say that enough on our show that, uh, that you should share these episodes and have other people listen to them and, and have those conversations. It's one of the easiest ways to actually share the information to say like, Hey, listen to this episode. And, you know, it was interesting. It was informative. It made me think like whatever. And have other people listen to it, share it on your social media, like send it direct text links to your friends. You know what I mean? And I think, um, that's one of the things we can really do is like, keep not only having these conversations, but like really spreading high quality information and sharing that with other people. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just said we're high quality information. That's true. I did say that.
0: <laughs> high quality. <laughs> so Affirm yourself every day. Do something affirming every day and share our podcast. All right. (laughs) And how do they share our podcast? How do you share our podcast? Well, everybody, uh, if you have any questions or any follow up uh, or any follow up questions about this episode or any other questions about sex, sexual health, relationships, romance, love, LGBT issues, violence, gun violence, anything at all. Spring and I would love to chat with you. Um, you can email us. We're the sexrap at gmail.com, and that's rap with a W, W R A P. Uh, you can call us at 413 I Rap It, and you can uh, check out our social media at the Sex sexrap. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid
1: to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too. Af- blah, 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 blah
0: music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious breakmaster cylinder the pod Glommer. a sonic universe